Let, let, let me begin with a, a short apology. I am going to make a liturgical faux pas at this moment. I am not going to preach a homily. I'm going to preach a sermon. I know, I know. And when I teach seminarians, I say, you will preach on the word of God. Well, I will sort of preached on the words that we've heard today, but we're going to be hearing so much about the Spirit because you were all Holy Spirit readings that we've had today, and especially come Pentecost, that I, I thought today I'd like to see what does the Spirit look like incarnated in the flesh. No, no one has ever seen God. Uh, God is pure Spirit. The only way outside of a conceptual, intellectual talking about the divine, the only way we can even imagine the divine is through images. And, and so we, 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 we want to look at the, at, the, at the images. And an image is something you can not only see, but, but gaze at and, and touch and, and, and be felt of. It's, it's something almost, it's something, you know, it's, it's an image, it's a physical representation of that which you cannot see. Uh, the Jack Shea tells the story of the, uh, the little, little girl who is in bed and mommy comes by and, and she says, M -m Mommy, uh, uh, um, uh, uh, stay around for a little while. She says, no, I got to go. So she goes, she says, Mommy, come back. Mommy, would you give me a glass of water? Mother comes back. She gives her a glass of water. She drinks the glass of water. Mommy starts walking out. Mommy, mommy can, you, can you come back? Would you tell me a story? And mommy comes back and tells her a story. She says, okay, now I've got to go now. Now she's going to, Mommy, just stay here with me. And her mother says, Honey, look at, look at, you're, you're fine. You're safe. God's here with you. And she said, I know God's here with me, but I want somebody with some skin. <laughs> you know? I want to touch. I want to feel, I want to see, I want to know what this God looks like. And of course, we needed to know what this God looks like. For the God of the mountain, El Shaddai, and, and Elohim, and the God of the skies is, is ethereal and really easy to misinterpret until we had the imago dei come to be with us in the fullness of time, the word became flesh, spitting image of God. And of course, you've heard us say a thousand times, you want to see what God looks like? Look at Jesus. He is the image of the invisible God. And, and of course, he uses a whole bunch of images about himself as well. He tells us that, that he is the good shepherd. He, he knows his and they know him and they hear his voice. He, he is the bread that comes down from heaven. You eat this bread and you will not ever hunger again. This wonderful image of his presence among us. He, he is the Lamb of God. And, and you can picture each one of these as, as, as we give the word pictures. Who takes away the sin of the world. The one who spills his blood on behalf of atonement. Of making us one with the divine and the divine one with us. And so the number one Jesus, the number one image of God is Jesus the Christ. And the number one image of Jesus the Christ is a naked, dying man on a cross. That's a, an amazing revelation. 
It says more about God than we could ever imagine or even understand in our head. For in the midst of this suffering, we now know that we have a God who suffers with us. In the midst of our feeling abandoned, we now know that we are not abandoned. In the midst of feeling that we are going to die forever, we now know that we are going to live. And so we celebrate this incredible image. That's the number one image. But the number two image, as a matter of fact, I think in some ways it, it may be neck and neck, maybe equal to that, is another image. It's the image of the union of the feminine with the masculine. And the larger of the two is the feminine. Is the feminine. Of course you know what I'm speaking of. The Madonna and child. Nothing has ever been reproduced more than the Madonna and child. Mary and her child. Now, both the, the crucifixion, the cross, and, 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 and the crucifix, and the Madonna in child are transformational. You cannot go to Rome and look at the Pietà with this dead young man in his mother's beautiful arms without being transformed. Images are not transactional. Laws are transactional. You obey the law, and sometimes if you obey it well enough, you're going to go to heaven. Images are transformational and the image of the woman giving life calling outside of the depths of her very being utterly transforms us today is mother's day and i'm not supposed to preach about mothers on mother's day what are they going to do fire me <laughs> i'm an old man I'm going to preach about mothers on Mother's Day. And I'm going to preach about the divine feminine image. Because the divine feminine image is all over. The, you're talking about hidden in plain sight. It's everywhere. But, but we live in this, this patriarchal world where, where the, the, the language always seems to skew masculine, that we miss the depths of what is there, and that's always the feminine. I mean, the very beginning in the Genesis, in the Genesis, God made his creatures, her creatures, in God's image, male and female, God made them. So there definitely has to be a female image of God. Uh, when, when, we, when we read the Book of Wisdom, we know, I mean, it, it, and wisdom is an emanation of the divine. And this emanation of the divine, this outpouring of the divine is always feminine. So we seek her out. Seek wisdom and then everything will be given to you beside. Seek out the woman. Seek out the feminine. And of course in the Eastern Church, and I think we probably should adapt that, in the Eastern Church, the Holy Spirit is, is feminine. We talk about she when we refer to the Holy Spirit. I slipped it in the gospel today. I don't know if you heard it or not. But it's there. It's hidden in plain sight. And, 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 and the reason for this, it's so important, is because without the feminine, there is no masculine. Full stop. There is nobody 
There is no body. Out of her body comes all bodies. It is woman who, who gives birth, who brings forth. And, and, and our woman, the woman that we hold up, the woman that we look out at all the time, uh, sometimes we are accused of having her as the fourth person of the Blessed Trinity, is Mary. And, and, and we give her an audacious title. I mean, I mean, I, I, we, on the most superficial level, we say it so often that we, we, we never get it. Holy Mary, Mother of God. What, what, what did you say? Mother of who? Theotokos? The Mother of God? Uh, on, on the second level, that is scandalous. On the deepest level. She gives birth to the divine. Why? Because the divine is already in her. The divine is in all of creation. And we, uh, by faith, say that she is eminently that, holding that divine and giving birth to the divine. And so it's a, a, a beautiful and an incredible image. Uh, Jesus is the great Imago Dei. However, Jesus may have a masculine body, but he has an incredibly feminine soul. Who is this Jesus? How does he work? You know, men, men are really good at compartmentalizing and slicing and dicing and putting this over here and putting over there. Uh, the feminine sees all the different pieces and this gestalt comes together in a beautiful mosaic and sees the whole picture. The, the feminine sees right to the heart of the matter. The divine, sometimes even mixed into the mess of the human flesh. The feminine is able to love without condition. This is an incredible... The feminine is able to heal by touching. As simple as that. Every mother who has ever kissed the wound of her children knows that she has the power to heal. You know, put some more bacteria on that wound and the kid gets better. Yeah. It's amazing. An incredibly feminine soul. The, the, the boy is brought before the judge. The judge is about to convict the child. The mother goes to the judge, but you don't see, Your Honor. You don't know. He's a good boy. What is she seeing? She's seeing the depth of who he really is. Because in the depth of us all, there is not just a divine spark. It's the divine life that should be emanating all the way through. It gets covered up by so much garbage and ugliness, but it's, it's in there. It's real. It is the power of the feminine image to change the world. Another period, full stop. In 1521, you know, the conquistadores came to, to what is now Mexico, and, and they, they came with, with great masculine power, clubs and swords, domination, subjugation. Oh, 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 oh yeah, and, and they, brought, they brought some Franciscan friars with them. 
And, and they brought a lot of disease with them as well. And in the midst of the disease and the, and the slavery in which they were enslaving the indigenous people, the Franciscan friars would say, oh, oh, this may be all true, but, but God loves you. I don't think so. And no matter how much the young friars tried to tell the truth of Jesus the Christ, the message was never, ever, 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 ever heard. Until. Until what? Until in 1521, a young man named Juan Diego goes walking on the hills of Tipeyac and he sees one of his own, an indigenous woman, the Madonna and child. She's pregnant. She's pregnant. She looks like him. He can relate to her. And then she says the most incredible words of all. Yo soy tu madre. I'm your mother. And we are told within the next 10 years, by the power of the image, the image of this invisible God, the whole known world down there was converted to Christianity. That's the power. Because if this is what God is like, I want in. If this merciful and beautiful person is looking at me and telling me, this poor little peasant, that I am part of the cosmos, that I am part of the universe, that I belong, I want in. I want in. That's the power of the feminine. That's the power of, of Mary. And, and I am sure most of us remember the stories when we were little kids. And I can remember Sister Malachi was my school sister of St. Francis CCD teacher. And, and I think it was about third grade when I heard it for the first time. She says, you know, if you die and you go to heaven and you're at uh, Peter's Golden Gates and he's giving you a hard time and he doesn't want to let you in, here's what you do. You sneak down to the side window and you look up and you go, Mary, Mary. <laughs> And the Blessed Mother will come to the door, and, and if you have been a good boy and praying your rosary, she's going to throw her golden rosary over the side and pull you up into heaven. I love that. Now that's terrible theology. But that is magnificent psychology. Absolutely, utterly magnificent. Of course we can get in. Of course. Because the most important qualities, and these are the qualities that we need today. We've got enough, forgive me, I think we've got enough scientists. And, and AI is scaring the bejesus out of me. And the reason is, is because it is all about acquiring power and control. And the will to power seems to be having an overwhelming effect and I think we are moving towards the autocracies today because of, of toxic masculine power. And if there's anything that we need, it's the healing remedy of feminine mercy and forgiveness and compassion and unconditional love. If there is any image that we need today, it is the image of the feminine and the feminine in Incarnated. And that doesn't mean it's a weak image. 
Now, we've all heard the stories, and they're true, of the, of the tiger mother, uh, of the 98-pound mother who, whose son is pinned under a car, and she goes and she lifts up that bumper and to let her son out of the car. Where in the world does that kind of strength come from? Well, I know, because on this Mother's Day, I'm, I'm thinking of my mother, who was a pretty good tiger mother as well. As gentle as can be and as tough as nails when she had to be. Carrying both the masculine and the feminine in us, as we all do. As we all do. That, the, the great genius of Jesus was carrying them together in, in, in tension and in tandem at exactly the same time. Uh, this most, one of the favorite stories I'm recalling of my mother, and forgive me for being so personal, is is when we were little kids, we were in Chicago, we were being evicted out of our house, out of our, out of our apartment, and, and we, we had to leave. Now, the house was being built in Wheaton, the little house that I still live on, on Morgan Street, and, and the house uh, was not quite ready. Uh, the, the electricity was working, and the, and the plumbing was working, but, but the, 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 the walls were not completely, completely done, and, and my mother came, and we went to the builders and she said to them you know what we have to move in we're being evicted and he said lady that's just not going to happen she says no we no you don't understand my, my husband and my children and I we, we've got to move in I got three little boys here and and there's and, and we're being evicted out of our house we we know that the house is livable we will make it livable we will give you all the, the space that you need to finish whatever needs to be finished she says no it's not going to happen lady it's just not going to happen she said someone's got to raise these kids he says, well, that's your problem, lady. And she looked at him, she says, no, it's your problem. And she started walking out of the office, leaving the three of us kids there alone with the builder. <laughs> and, I, and I'm thinking, where are you going, Ma? Ma! She almost made it to the stairs when I heard the builder say, Lady, lady, wait a minute, wait a minute. You forgot your keys. That's the power. That's this incredible, wonderful power. Part of me loves to celebrate Mother's Day, and part of me, and I'm sure there's a number of mothers who aren't all that excited about it because it's a one day a year we put mommies on a pedestal and then treat them like dirt the rest of the year. And I always love to say to the little kids when they're coming out of Mass, as a matter of fact, I did so when I was at Corpus Christi earlier this morning. I says, are you going to be good to your mother on Mother's Day? And go, yeah, 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 yeah. I said, and tomorrow? And they go, don't push it, old man. <laughs> How are we good on Mother's Day? I read a really nice uh, letter, open letter, uh, written by one of the reporters from the National Catholic Reporter uh, named Shannon Evans. And, and this is what she wants for Mother's Day. And I think it bespeaks an awful lot of what the feminine image is calling us all to. She, she writes, and this, these are just a little bit of excerpts. Dear friends, I'm the mom of five children, and the hard truth is that I, I don't want flowers this Mother's Day. She goes on to, to say uh, what, she, what she, and what she thinks most mothers would really want for Mother's Day. 
But we want to know our children will not be murdered when we drop them off at school or when we take them for a weekend shopping. We'd like a robust and fair paid paternal leave. We want the gaps on our resume due to childbearing to be an asset, not a liability. And we would like a just wage for our work. We want to know that that we will pass on a livable planet to our kids. We want our indigenous girls not to disappear, or our black boys not to be profiled. She concludes by saying that the best way to thank the mother figures in our lives this Sunday is not just with flowers and breakfast, all that might be nice, but by taking on one actionable step for a more just world in their honor, for rejecting complacency and fighting the good fight. Now that's a tiger mother, and I think the feminine side of the divine.